trucking, got my chips cashed in. Keep trucking, like the do dog man together, more or less in line. Just keep trucking on. It's for yourself Ain't nobody here Can walk it for you Southern Rock Podcast, a southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome back to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. We always thank you for the downloads, for your participation on the Facebook page. With me, as always, is Jason. What's going on, man? Hey, Brian. I am doing well this evening. How are you? We're good. We're good. We're uh, getting a little swampy here. Yep. Um, we're supposed to be in the hundreds this weekend. No way. Hundreds? We're, well, we're supposed to be in the hundreds and we're supposed to go camping, but we might be uh, changing. Dude, you point. can't go camping in the hundreds. No, you guys I, have yeah, to have the dog out that weather. You're miserable. Yeah. But uh, Is that normal in North Dakota? It's It's not not real it, it's only you know, june well it would be if it was august you know i'd be right. expecting it so damn we'll see how it goes i mean it's like what are we in phoenix yeah good <laughs> luck man and it's not going to be the dry heat either you're going to have humidity yeah it's so it gets so swampy here i mean this whole city is built right next to a river so i guess back before any people here it was like a slew any any of the towns here the red river is a border of north dakota minnesota so anything built around there used to be a slew hundreds, yeah. thousands of years ago, whatever. But uh, so, um, yeah, I just want to bring up a couple of things, you know, uh, uh, this will come out on Friday. And by the time you guys hear this, uh, brother Steve Jewell from Otis and playing bass at Blackstone Cherry, he does a show called Rock Revival on 99.1 The Haas out of Edmonton, Kentucky on Wednesday nights, seven to nine. This is his last show tonight. So I'm going to hope to catch the last bit of part of it. Uh, he's uh, just busy with stuff and uh, playing with Blackstone Cherry right now and still going to be, you know, things are going on with Otis. But that's kind of another thing. And and this is just a statement that I want to read from uh, Blackstone Cherry uh, regarding their uh, longtime bass player, John Lahan. It says, uh, to all our amazing fans, it's with a heavy heart that we inform you that John Lahan has decided to take an indefinite sabbatical for music and touring for personal reasons as such. John will be stepping down as a member of Blackstone Cherry. We love John, wish him all the best in all his future endeavors, and will cherish the memories and legacy we've built with him over 20 years as a band. We ask that you please respect John and the band's privacy re- regarding this matter. In the meantime, we can't wait to play more rock and Blackstone Cherry shows in 2021 and onward. Please stay on the lookout for new shows announcing near you. Sincerely, Blackstone Cherry. So, uh, they made that announcement in a real classy way, and I was reading through a lot of the comments on their fan page, and 
everybody's really supportive of John and uh, just giving him all their support and the best. That's and, how it should be. Yeah, and there's no speculation on whatever it is. And everybody's like, wait a minute, people are supportive and nice on social media. Yeah, Come on, yeah. I don't you believe know, that. I mean, <laughs> you know, they're you know, saying it's a family thing and whatever. And, you know, Steve's playing bass. Yeah, there's no official announcement of him being permanent or not, so we're not going to go there. So, but just a uh, 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 wonderful Steve to, to uh, take that role up right now and those guys all go way back in that area. And we've talked about Kentucky a lot. So uh, they just need Steve, a double bill with Otis. Otis opening up. There you Blackstone go. Cherry headline, there you man. go. Um, and I'm sure like those guys in Blackstone Cherry, they probably want Otis to continue to. And uh, Steve. Love those guys. That he's still going to be doing stuff. You know, oh, he's working. He says he's doing a, he's still going to do a podcast. Now they do the radio. And when they have a guest on, they record that and then release that as a podcast. You know, Greg's been on there and Chris from Blackstone Cherry and, and uh, Boone's on there quite a bit. So, um, yeah, he's still going to be doing that. But he says, like, and focus all his energy on uh, all things Blackstone Cherry and Otis. So that's that's very cool at the same time. So it's kind of a bittersweet deal there. So, but at least, you know, it's like they have someone that's like family you know someone from mm-hmm. that area and someone who gets it and so that's pretty cool that you know so i just want to bring that up um but uh it's like release time lately singles records jane lee hooker with a single and then they're having a uh, release party watch party or something this friday mm-hmm. um our episode today which we're going to talk about and then uh jade williams from jade like the stone our podcast friend uh, released her album with the Red Funkenbacher Orchestra, seven songs or seven um, roads. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I've listened to it a lot over the weekend. It is, man, I, I just, I like that vibe, whatever, whatever's going on there. I just dig it. It's her birthday too, so happy birthday, Jade. And Babylon Shakes just released a single on my mirrors. Wow. Which very, we talked to those guys on a quick hitter on Friday. It's on the YouTube Great and Facebook guys. page. Great guys. They were having pizza and beer. It made me hungry and thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that song too. It's very blues rock Rosian, you know, all good stuff. Yeah. And I'm uh, looking forward to whatever the Jane Lee Hooker thing is. I, I would be watching, but my, my son is having his high school graduation party hey, on Friday. So yeah, just, just shoot me notes. Would you text me yeah, notes? Yeah, I will. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, well, that leads us into the latest record release that we couldn't be more excited about, and that is Blackberry Smoke, uh, You Hear Georgia, came out last Friday, and we were over the moon. Um, but someone's joining us, someone did join us to talk about that, and why don't you let the listeners know who, uh, who we had the pleasure of hanging out with and discussing this record with. Yep, this is a repeat podcast guest but last time he was on he was joined by his state of amorica podcasting partner so we have mr ian rice from state of amorica and also the classic wax podcast to come on and and chat about this album yeah and always a good time as uh, we say good dude david and ian are good guys yeah. they have, i mean their podcast in the crows is excellent yeah. Just, um, their endless knowledge is of music and, you know, especially uh, with with Ian not being quite as into Blackberry Smoke, it brought another perspective of a newer fan, you know. I mean, I shouldn't say, like, uh, you know, I've been, I started in about 2018, so I got a few years on him. But you're a hardcore fan. He oh, likes yeah, him. He's a yeah. fan, but not a hardcore fan. Is newer to him. Great perspective to bring. And when we were talking about lyrics, another thing I forgot to say, like, 
with this band, like I, I memorize lyrics so fast. I, that's just, you know, I can't explain why or how it just, it just happens like that. Well, a lot of the songs are very telling a story from somebody's perspective. Right. So it's easy to pick up on them. It's not yeah. alliteration or things. It's really story driven. So mm-hmm. like for me, you know, I visualize when I hear their stuff and it is a little bit easy to remember some of the, some of the lyrics. Yes, you're right. And, you know, we talk about how uh, great this record is mixed. We talk about how, uh, how great this record is. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler how alert. This record is mixed, how it is how it uh, seems to really emphasize all those different styles of, of Southern music, be it country, be it blues, be it gospel, be it Southern rock, be it rock and roll, uh, and just still being Blackberry Smoke. And uh, just, it's just incredible, you know, just incredible. Absolutely. It takes the best elements of all those musical genres that you said and makes it in the Blackberry Smoke package, which is a solid album from uh start to finish with really no no skip tracks you are right you are right well you know uh you're gonna hear us say a lot more uh so we probably not won't say much now here just uh kick back relax and enjoy our uh discussion with ian rice about our review of blackberry smoke you hear georgia Welcome to this week's episode, uh, the guest segment of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Jason is going to introduce the guest for who we told you in the intro is with us this week. Thank you, Brian. As always, it's my pleasure to introduce the guest this week. It is the man, the myth, the voice, the legend from the State of Amora pod- the State of Amorica podcast, and also the Classic Class podcast. I can't speak. Classic Wax Podcast, Mr. Ian Rice. How you doing, Ian? Hey, what's happening, guys? How you doing? Good. What's up? How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, for sure. Oh, you know, we like to give ourselves a little cred with, you know, podcast royalty, particularly in this genre of music. So the state of Amorica, we know we've had you and David on before. You guys are the cream of the crop when it comes to the crows and a lot of, a lot of music. So thanks for coming on. Jason, I told you that kind of talk embarrasses me. <laughs> That's why I do it. I don't believe it. I just say it because it embarrasses you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> if it wasn't for you guys, man. <laughs> truly. No, truly. no, you guys. I mean, it's a great podcast. You know, we, 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 we pimped you guys a lot on here. We do enjoy it. Looking forward to the new run of episodes you guys have, have coming. This week, you just released your one with um, talking little guns and roses and, and crows and guns and roses this week. Yes. Huh? Yes, uh, with uh, Brando from Appetite for Distortion podcast. Very nice guy. Great podcast. If anybody, I love the name of that, Appetite for Distortion. It, yeah, it was a good one. It is a good one. Yeah. What are we talking about this week, Brian? What are we doing? Why is Mr. Ian Rice on this one? Well, it's first of all, episode. like I have yet to listen to that episode, but I will. I will get to that. I promise. Um, well, Ian is here to join us to discuss. Uh, the latest Blackberry Smoke record that came out, you hear Georgia, uh, last Friday. And we're just going to talk about, you know, what we think of it, which is obviously going to be uh, very joyous and big thumbs up and 
we're just going to talk about it, go track by track at some point, And that's why we're here. Absolutely. Week. So, you know, a big thing, a Blackberry Smoke record coming out. Ryan and I are huge fans. We know Ian's a fan as well. So Ian is well-versed on doing album reviews and discussing them. They do quite a bit of the Crows catalog and, you know, solo project with the Crows and everything else. So we can figured you'd be a perfect guest to discuss an album review with us. So, again, thanks for coming on. Um, oh, I want to ask you guys questions first. Ian, how did you first find out about Blackberry Smoke? I, I uh, not that this is going to come to a shock uh, to most, <laughs> but uh, I found out about Blackberry Smoke through the Black Crows. Yeah. Uh, well, through Rich Robinson, he he um, when he was doing his solo thing, he you know he sat in with them a couple of times, and I kind of just fell down the Blackberry Smoke rabbit hole, and I love them. I think they're fantastic. Is there any particular song maybe that really just kind of spoke to you to, to, to grab you when you heard them? It's it's going to sound weird. The thing that pulled me in like full bore with Blackberry Smoke was their cover of uh, You Got Lucky. Oh, nice. Which is an odd place to jump in on a cover, but they just did such... I even told uh, Charlie Starr when we spoke to him that I just... I loved what he did, and it really was just... It made that... It gave that tune such a whole different, you know... Uh, dynamic to it and, and a whole different uh space to breathe i thought it was great yep it's you know brian this is actually you bring up a good point ian you've had two members of blackberry smoke on your podcast so far haven't you oh yes uh, charlie and uh and Britt, both fantastic guys very nice guys um and then david ended up uh, who i do the the better half of the state of market podcast bumped into them at a show and they were very, very nice to him so that's great well, Brian, I know we've spoken a little bit in the past about your love of Blackberry Smoke and how all that happened, but because this is what we're doing, we're talking Blackberry Smoke on this one. How did you get into the band? One of the earliest times I heard about them, and I don't know if you guys have heard about this or not, but it was actually on the classic metal show you know, with Eddie Trunk and yeah. John Jameson and yep. Jim The one used to be on VH1 when VH1 did yeah, music and, and things. They yeah, would, they would go was around. Was that VH1 or was that VH1 Classic? VH1 classic, classic whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they would have a segment on the show where they'd go around and, like, you know, present something new, you know, like, oh, this is what I – and so it was uh, Jim Florentine that brought – that uh, he brought up the Whippoorwill. And I think I th- that was probably one of the earliest times. It may have been a little bit before that or whatever. But for some reason, like, I checked them out. And for, it just it's one of those things where, like, it just didn't reverberate with me at that time. Why? I don't know. Um but uh, when, before, long before I started the podcast, this is probably in late 2017, early 2018, like just for the Facebook group, I was like trying to find links to, for other groups to put on the page. And so there were just one name I was familiar with. And so I got into their group and then people were posting these live, live tracks and, I think it was Sleeping Dogs Lie that really grabbed me. And I think they had just, this was like right before, right around the time that Find a Light came out. Mm-hmm. And they had released uh, Flesh and Bone as a single. And then they were dropping their singles as they go along. And so I got that. It is uh, at Barnes and Noble of all places. I got that. And then Like an Arrow was also there. So I got those two. And then it was just like, I just got swallowed alive. Like for you seen them four times you know and uh they're just i i mean there's going to be hardcore crows fans might scoff at this but i i think they got that 
same swagger that, you know, the 92 to 97 era crows. And I'm not trying to say they're better or as good of it. Just, I just think they're in that, you know, they've got they're in the swagger. zone that this band, yeah, that, that, I mean, or that band's been around forever. I don't think they've changed any key members or any members at this point. No. Um, but they just like, as you know, I don't know if you've seen them, Ian. I know Jason has, and it's uh, it, it, been I quite a few the, times. I get the same feeling with them with the Crows, where it feels like we we're back in the frontier era, and the the, the bandits came and robbed the stagecoach and just took off into the night. And that's <laughs> what I always feel like after a Crow show, and that's how I feel after a Blackberry Smoke show. It's just it's just incredible. So I, yeah. I would absolutely agree that they're they're kind of on that same trajectory as the 92 97 crows I, I they just have to be perfectly honest that the blackberry smoke is probably uh, for me uh i would say the m- most exciting band out there right now them and, and tedeschi trucks are the two bands that are most you know interesting to me uh, you know even though i do the, the black crows thing you know right now they're kind of stagnant because they haven't had new material and you know i don't you know things like that they're not really an active band in my in my eyes mm-hmm yeah, I feel the same. You know, I think, I mean, they're, they're a better live band than an album band. That's not to say their albums aren't bad. Their albums are really good, but you don't appreciate that band until you see them live. And I think the same thing with the Black Crows. Good albums, but until you see a band like that live, you don't really understand. Mm-hmm. And here I am yet to have seen them live. I had plans to do it before uh, the you know the pandemic started, and hopefully I'll be able to... Uh, get on a show soon i see they have some tour dates going on they are road dogs so you will get your chance and definitely do not miss the opportunity i've seen them i've seen the magpie salute open for them i've seen them play with um oh gosh there's tons of Batman. they are so they are just amazing they just always put on a great show a long show um you just never walk away disappointed they catch all the kind of the emotional highs and lows with everything and it does, going back to what Brian said, it is like with the Black Rose in their prime, just for that, that live experience that you're getting. Yeah, well, the, first David, time, the first time I saw them live was fall of 2018 at uh, Hinterland Festival near Des Moines. And surprisingly enough, like when they were on, uh, Britt and Charlie were on uh, on Chris Shiflett's podcast, Walking Across the Floor, and, and Charlie had mentioned that gig. Like, that was one of my favorite festivals that we played. I'm like, cool. It's the first time I saw them, so... That's cool, man. Yeah, I, 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 David went to that um, double bill they did with North Mississippi All Stars, which I think would have been oh, unbelievable. Amazing. And that was yeah. like about a month ago, right? That's where he got to run in and kind of see a couple of those guys. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, Luther was a little out there, but uh, you know, yeah, Luther's just <laughs> Luther is just out there. That's kind of his thing, isn't it? Yeah, but I, that would have been a, a tremendous thing. I, I, and he said they played like Blackberry Smoke reminds me of the Crows in in the respect of choosing uh, cover material too. And I, but I think Blackberry smoke even takes it further. I mean, they did David said they did a cover of uh, Van Halen's take your whiskey home. Wow. Man. Unbelievable. I've seen them do Led Zeppelin songs before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I bet they smoke everything they do. Smoke. You know? yeah, yeah, for sure. Like just unbelievable. Um, just a great band. So Ian definitely take your chance to go see them live and kind of where I'm getting to, cause I'm going to answer the same question I asked you guys is how do I get into Blackberry smoke? Well, I read about them in Rolling Stone, I don't know, probably five or six years ago back when I listened or read Rolling Stone, and they mentioned Blackberry Smoke. I checked them out. I checked out a little piece of Dixie and Whippoorwill. I thought the Whippoorwill was great. A little piece of Dixie was really good. 
listen, kind of put them away. And then I happened to catch the Leave a Scar Live concert on one of the cable or direct TV channel, whatever was happening at the time. And I watched it and I was like, wow, man, these guys are just smoking live. So I went back and started re-listening to the catalog again and buying the new stuff as it came out. And they've really become probably my favorite current band that's out there that's torn and putting out stuff on a regular basis right now. But again, not until I saw that Leave a, Score, Leave a Scar live in North Carolina did I really fully appreciate and go back. And it's probably five years ago that happened. And I've just been a killer fan ever since. But you, you can't guys, beat a live, live show. Are you guys vinyl guys? or He's got it. I don't have it yet. I'm ordering it. Yeah, I mean, but you guys both, you, you listen yeah. to the vinyl. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, because I just got mine in the mail. I got, I always buy the vinyl and the CD, so I have both. But I, it's a really nice package they put together. It is a nice insert with some some uh, pictures and um, yeah, looks good. It's, it's not as good as that last Trigger Hippie album, which is just gorgeous. No, but it's really nice. I told Jason I got to get it in vinyl. I don't know why I didn't, but I'm going to get it on vinyl because I can't keep carrying a CD from the car to the house. (laughs) This is something that, that, you know, the albums that we used to have back in the nineties CDs. When I, when I first got into them, you know, like find a light had come out. So it wasn't as eventful for me. And now that this has come out, I know it's going to be listened to over and over, over obsessively. And it's kind of really made me think of, uh, you know, take a look at everything else that I'm listening to and because the bar has been raised up because it's just so good. You know, it's, they're just so good at like emphasizing that thing in the South where blues and country and rock and roll and everything intersects, you know, and it's, it's, it's uh, authentic form, you know, real, all that stuff. It all relates. And they certainly have that on this record. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. I, I, I don't like most modern country stuff. It's right. I'll, the majority of it is just very trite to me, especially lyrically. <laughs> but they seem to take the best elements out of country, even modern day country, and and everything they do, and just meld them together. It's like this fantastic blackberry smoked soup. It's it's great. <laughs> you know that sounds good. Blackberry smoked yes. soup. I, I would try that. <laughs> but it's true, though. I mean, you and Brian are right. They take hard rock and rock and blues bluegrass and country and have their own thing with it they pay homage to all these different genres but it's really their own their own thing and you can't really pigeonhole you know and you you take this album so like ian like kind of what's your first take of this album you know you've had it a couple days or you just got the vinyl today but i'm sure you listened to like what's your first take on it i overall this probably start to finish is is one of their most enjoyable albums for me in terms of there's not a tune on here that I didn't like. And, you know, that's a, that's a rare thing. And I think it really works in sequence as an album, which is also a rare thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian, what about you? What's your first, first take you before know, we get into the song? Uh, I would agree with Ian, the sequence thing that you talked about, because I'm just thinking about that a little earlier, late this afternoon about how, you know, I can't really, you know, I won't come out and say like, Oh, this is the best Blackberry Smoke record because it's kind of like splitting hairs. It's I can't really go. This is one through seven or whatever. But there's something about the way this one sequenced, the way it flows, that's just like really. It probably makes the most sense to me. Super I mean, organic, I, like it's just it's all natural, right? Yeah. It's just, 
everything has it fits in the place it's supposed to be in and right. i don't listen to another song I'm like well they should flip flop one and three or two right. and five and, yeah and holding all the roses is like that for me too and and, and the other ones are awesome great i mean the whippoorwill to me that's their best classic i guess yep. i will say that that you know one of theirs i'll pick is best but i mean the flow and the sequence on this is i think this uh like uh, holding all the roses but this one is really you know spectacular sequence yeah they also they're also recorded so well like their stuff is produced so well i i didn't pay attention on this one who was the producer but uh, dave Fantas- cobb is that right dave yeah cobb. he he's uh produced like rival sons and other people and stuff and i think he's a southerner as well but he spent a lot of time in la it's yep, just, it's it's really nicely recorded. It is, and Brandon Bell is an engineer on it, and also helped mix it. So I've heard those names before. I'm they're probably prevalent in this genre. I'm just I don't know those level of details. You guys know that stuff. I don't. I'm just <laughs> well, here for laughs. Well, That's all I did. their last two records, Shine a Light, and before that, uh, Like an Arrow, they produced themselves. Uh, the one I mentioned, Holding All the Roses, before that, they did with Brendan O'Brien. And then the Whippoorwill they did with with uh, Zach Brown and a couple other people. I didn't realize Holding All the Roses with, was with uh, Brendan O'Brien. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's a major producer right there, man. That guy's done a ton of stuff. Yeah. It seems out of his wheelhouse almost, too, which is nice. You know, he's, he's more he's, of a harder rock guy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, it worked. You know, and they've, they've done a string of great records in a row. And for me, my first impression is, is very similar to you guys. One, I think this is probably the most accessible record. If you're a casual fan or don't know them really well, if you listen to this thing, I think it would bring you into the fold a lot more. I think it's, it's got that it's, it's well-produced song order is great. The songs are really good. And then my, my initial concern over this before I heard the record is they brought so many other people in the band. Now they have Benji Shanks as a third guitar player, of course has played with them live many times. Preston Holcomb came in to do percussion, um, you know, and then we had the Black Bettys who are fantastic. You know, they're not part of the band, but they did the background vocals and and stuff. And I'm like, boy, what is this going to be? But all those additions and where I fear where Benji Shanks and Preston Holcomb may make things too busy, they add to it. And they've actually added make the songs better when you hear the layered guitars or hear the additional types of percussion that are in it. So I was pleasantly pleased listening to this after being concerned initially. Yeah, I, w- I would totally agree with that. It's, I never felt that the songs were too busy or there was too much, right. too many layers to them. There's a, there's a, a, an airy quality to them, even with packed with all these guitars and right. all these wonderful sounds, there's just an openness to them. You know, it's, it's great. Right. Good producing, production, good engineering. And like, I, you know, I was, I've been listening to this album the last couple of days. And to me, I'm trying, there's so many, there's all these different guitar parts. I'm like trying to figure out who do I think is playing which guitar part, much in the way my parents try to figure out who is singing Beatles songs. I'm listening to this, like, is that Charlie? I, I bet you that's Benji playing that part or Paul. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> well, you certainly know who, well, we'll get to it. We'll say it in the tracks. We'll say there's one guitar part that, pretty obvious who it is when well yeah we'll say well that's a good segue brian let's go ahead and let's jump into the song so we have our openers live it down and ian we'll throw to you first for any any comments on that first song i i think this is a a great way to open the record it's it's a great riff that the guitar tone is unbelievably good it's just killer um it's almost like a working man's anthem kind of thing lyrically and uh, the chorus very catchy yeah easily uh, i don't know if this was um 
I don't know what the first single was off this, but this easily could have been it. I think it's great. Yeah, the first. So I know they've had Hey Delilah out for a while, and then you hear Georgia came out, mm-hmm. and then All Rise Again one. just came out. Was that the first one, Brian? You hear Georgia was first, and then okay. Hey Delilah ain't the same. And then right, All Rise Again, All Rise Again, and then All Over the Road. Well, what do you think about the first track? Brian? Well, I love the guitar riff again, like because I I know I had already been familiar with what they had released and about half the record, and it just the way it starts it's just it's like here we are and it's just great and um, you know there's you know that that riff that guitar sound and, and jason you certainly know a lot more technically about guitars and stuff but like that that sound that riff that guitar uh and and also uh you hear georgia I mean, this is a compliment. I don't want to compare too much, but it's 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 reminiscent of Rich. I mean, it's that really kind of, and you know, I know like Charlie uses some alternate tunings as well. But yeah, the first track is just yeah, I love the guitar riff, and it's just here we are, smack you in the face. Yeah, I dig it. And I'll agree with that. Like to start the record, it's a really good way, a high energy song. Ian said it, catchy, a chorus, good hook in that, nice guitar riffs. You know, this is going to be a good rock album when you hear that thing. And it sets the tone for the rest of the album, for sure. This this is probably a three-way tie right now for my favorite track off the album. And I just love how it starts. It's just right out of the gate, good. All right, let's go into the second song. And Brian, we'll go to you on this one. You hear Georgia. What do you think? Uh, the first time I heard it, it's like a Blackberry Smoke classic song. Just uh, it, it doesn't remind me of, but like I, when uh, the Crows released War Paint, uh, there was some. There was a guy that was interviewing me. He said, as soon as they heard, as soon as he heard Goodbye Dollars with Revolution, he said that's like sounds like a Crows classic. And I remember, like uh, in the Tom Petty documentary, Eddie Vedder said the first time you hear a Tom Petty song, it sounds like a Tom Petty classic. You hear Georgia, it's like a Blackberry Smoke classic song. You know, it's just. Got the vocal, um, the guitar riff. It sounds, you're right. It sounds just like Blackberry Smoke. If you didn't know what album was playing and you heard that, that, that intro guitar riff and then Charlie's vocals, you know what's coming. Ian, what do you think? I, I, I agree with you you guys. I, I think it's a fantastic. Uh, killer guitar tone, once again. Um, my, I wasn't sure, though, because uh, lyrically, I always gravitate to lyrics last because uh, I, I get very caught up in different musical elements and things. So uh, lyrically, for a minute there, I almost thought it was like kind of similar in tone to like uh, Southern Man by Neil Young, like almost maybe what he's saying is kind of a a tongue-in-cheek almost or something like that, but I could be wrong about that. I, that's I think kind of he's the singing about his upbringing, where he's from, and what he's all about. So it's not really the tongue-in-cheek thing. Brian, what do you think? Well, I read someone had interviewed him like right right as this was coming out, and he said that particular song and i don't know if like the rest of the record has that kind of theme I'm, I'm kind of trying to decide that but he said that song is basically about bad stereotypes of southerners you know it's like well yeah. all southerners are you guys are both are right and i'm wrong you know, all right that, well no i mean it, <laughs> well, that's what i was trying to say means, but that that's what he said and i yeah. think he just kind of said that generally rough like you know like don't don't assume like you know just about bad stereotypes of southern people yeah, yeah, Brian. I'm not a, a, a lyrics guy either, Ian. Sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say Brian kind of 
summed that summed up what I was trying to say a bit better than uh, than I did. That's 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 what I was. That's the path I was trying to go down. So I'm glad I wasn't uh, off in that. <laughs> no, you guys are right on. And for me, this song is an as a great follow up. It has it's like Brian said. It is clearly a Blackberry Smoke song. It's a classic song from that intro riff to to Charlie's vocals. It, it has that elements of both the country and the rock all together, which Blackberry Smoke is known for. Love the vocal harmonies. I think there are really good vocal harmonies in this one. Overplay and just really good, cool guitar riffs from the slide to that, you know, that main riff. Then also there's a cool descending riff that reminds me very much of some stuff that uh, Jimmy Page would do with Led Zeppelin, Zeppelin mm. too. And that, that kind of caught me. So again, I'm kind of, I'm focusing a lot on the guitar stuff because there are so many tasty guitar parts to this. And I'm listening and saying, who is playing that and just trying to figure out who's playing what and two tracks in man, this album is definitely stellar for sure. All right, Ian, we're going to go to you about Hey Delilah. Now on this one, I think the, the more the, the country vibe comes in. I really like what, what Brit's laying down and where everything kind of stacks on top of it. Great keys on this one. Um, I, I just think I, once again, I mean, it's not at the risk of sounding repetitive, another great riff. From them but I, I think it's a nice uh you know third spot tune kind of you know it's just it's positioned properly in the track order like we had said before this the track order is very important on this one with the flow it's almost perfect for sure brian what do you think when i first heard it it reminded me of the dead you know um yep and then i was reading on the you know, the fan group and a lot of people were you know, talking about how it sounded influenced very much like by Little Feet. And it was I get the Little Feet for sure. It's got chicken. that country rock stomp and Little uh, Feet. I was discussing, I think it was just yesterday, I was chatting with Seth from the Americans about, you know, other things that, that, that we're hearing in some of these songs. But we both agreed, like, you know, they're like rock and roll is a borrowed commodity and there's nothing new under the sun. So it's like carrying on a tradition, you know. But that that's... um you know, when I saw there's a DVD of Blackberry Smoke played with Bob Weir and Charlie's talking about how like, well, with the Grateful Dead, they could be a country band, they could be a rock and roll band. And I think they're really seeing Blackberry Smoke really growing into that as well, you know, and, and how they can just, you know, incorporate these different styles, but still be them and still be really good at it. Agreed. And like for me, I'd heard this song play live a couple times already during some of the pandemic jam concerts they've streamed they played this um great energy to it it's got the, like i said earlier that good country rock stomp that's reminiscent of little feet or even the more country fried country fried stuff that the dead did um the black bettys on this man really add another element to this song with that with that gospel soul background singing and if you put that type of background singing in a song i'm gonna like it my biggest, biggest disappointment ever with the Black Crows was when they quit taking backup singers with them on tour and trying to do those harmonies themselves. It definitely Agreed. took away from it, right? So just good country rock, good stomper, lovable Black Bettys, great song. Classic. That's, that's interesting. You, you bring up the uh, both the, the dead vibe and the little feet. It didn't, neither one occurred to me, but now that you're saying it, it's like perfect. It's, I think it's more so the the, the rhythm of it. You know, it's mm -hmm. a lot of, the rhythm of it's very little feet. You're very right on that. Yep, it's got that go 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 stop, go 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 right. go stop. Yep, and it's that's why I call it a stomper. It's kind of like chunk 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 stop. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I get little feet. Brian hears Grateful Dead. You hear, I don't think there's a wrong answer because it is definitely in that vein. And it's it's also catchy, right? I can see why they released this early second track. Um, I mean, because you just, I mean, it's catchy as hell. I, I'm listening. I can hear it in my head right now. We're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ian, we're going to start with you on Ain't the Same. Um, to be perfectly honest, of all the songs on the record, this probably comes in as my least favorite, but that's not to say I don't like it. It's Interesting. Just, uh, just surrounded by so much other great material. I think, um, you know, guitar-wise, you know, some really nice stuff on here from everybody laying down some guitars there. Uh, am I incorrect in saying that uh, I kind of get the impression this is like a, uh, a, a soldier coming home lyrically kind of, you know, lyrical theme? Uh, I don't know if anybody else picked up on the same thing. Brian, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it could be. I mean, I, I, I have, when I've listened to it, I haven't listened to it like reading through all the lyrics in sequence. I've listened to it in sequence. Um, I have listened to it once up here. Um, that's more like when I get the vinyl, that's more reminds me of a kid being eventful and, you know, fully. And the CD has all the same stuff too. I read, you know, I was, you know, I think I was, you know, doing something else the other night too when I was listening to it, reading through some of the lyrics in the album. But this song, well, once again, like I don't know how else to, you know, I'm making these comparisons. This is not meant to be pressure on them or anything. But like I hear, I hear Tom Petty. I hear, uh, I hear, uh, um, uh, who was I going to say? Uh, uh, <laughs> Jackson Brown, I hear the birds, you know, it, it's, once again, they're carrying on that tradition, they're, they do it well, they're just, they're covering, you know, it's like the DNA of rock and roll and all the different styles in it, you know. You guys in your lyrics, see, I, as a guitar player, I don't pay attention to lyrics, and we've had a couple songwriters on last couple podcasts, and they talk about lyrics, and I feel so, I feel like ignorant, because I don't really pay that much attention to lyrics although i do i will call out lyrics on one of the songs on here um but for me when i listened to that song first thing i thought of that was it was very almond brothers bandish to me particularly some of the guitar harmonies and the interplay between them it's almost like the cross between the melissa and and um a rambling man type of that type of almond brothers band not the really hardcore blues stuff because of the vocal and the guitar harmony interplay together. And that's, I mean, it. it's, like I said, I, I got a little Allman Brothers vibe from that. I, I could get that. And it's definitely that, yeah, a little bit later in the Allman Brothers where the where the, the yeah. Dickie Betts more country vibe kind of Correct. worked its way in there. Yeah, yep. definitely, definitely. All right, um, Brian, we're going to go with you. The next song is Lonesome for a Living. I can taste old Milwaukee. <laughs> I can taste moonshine. Uh, we'll know why. But let what? me tell you why. And Jason and I were talking before Ian got on here, before you got on here. And um, I grew up on a farm, worked, on, you know, and my uncle ran the farm. And back then, you know, this is like, you know, in later, mid to later 70s, maybe very early 80s, I think before country music got, you know, really turned into pop, like you were saying earlier, Ian. Um, and even at the time, that's the only where I would hear country music is out there, you know, working with my uncle and my mom would listen to some of that stuff in the house too. But um, your mom uh, made you listen to Kiss. 
No, she never made me listen to Kiss. She, oh, uh, you chose to listen to Kiss. Well, she used to listen to Lawrence Welk. Oh, the Beach wow. Boys, though. Um, but uh, it just it reminded me of like working, helping him work on the tractor just at the very end of a Friday afternoon, uh, early Friday evening. And, you know, him and where else was the adult helping there? You know, they're having some old Milwaukee's and I think we were allowed to have a sip here and there. So it just, it, it brought me back to that, that time in childhood. And it, it, it just maybe seeing old Milwaukee cans and you could smell that even before, if you you know, before the first time you ever tried beer and it, it uh, you know, Jamie Johnson, I was trying to think of like who, once again, I'm always like, well, who does that remind me of? Who's that sound like? And Jason and I were talking too before he came on. It's like, it's got a Conway Twitty kind of, kind of voice. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it, it once again, classic country they're sound, classic country voice. song, Blackberry Smoke, they can do it well. I mean, they're just taking all these Southern genres and going, hey, this all relates. And it's such a great, uh, it's such a great thing to talk about on the podcast because that's one of my goals to say, look, blues, Southern rock, you know, Southern rock's made up of blues, gospel, rock and roll, country, and all these things in a nice, you know, blend. And, and they're really doing this on this record. But yeah, I, I, that song, um, I'm surprised. Cause like, you know, when you're younger and you're listening to like really loud rock, well, I'll never listen to country. I'll never listen. And I, I, and I really don't, you know, I've tried to listen to Waylon and stuff, but like, I'll listen to this song, you know, yeah. and, you know, it's a friend, I got a friend of mine, you know, it's like, well, I'm, you know, like, I don't care, you know, what we listen to or what we, I was, I was in a band with them for just a short amount of time and, many years, a few bears, six, seven years ago, whatever. And he goes, I just don't want to listen to country. And now I'm like, what would he think? If I was <laughs> hearing, uh, hearing me listen to this song. But yeah, it's just, that's Friday night, uh, rural North Dakota, working on a tractor, but not like cheesy country pop. You know, it's authentic. Man, those guys are going to town and drink more old Milwaukee's. I'll do that someday. So, yeah. <laughs> Is Old Milwaukee the chosen beer of North Dakota or rural North Dakota? I, that's, I just remember my uncle and his buddies, they drank Old Milwaukee. But yeah. I never well, I mean, did. You know, Wisconsin's not too far. You know, just got to hop over Minnesota and you're there. Yeah. Well, Ian, what do you think of this one? This, <laughs> the note that I have here, and I don't, I don't know if this reads a little more harsh than when I put it down, but <laughs> I, it's, this song is what happens when a talented country singer and player is given good material. Because Jamie nice. Johnson, I never cared for a note of his music. I always thought the guy had a great voice. He was right. a good player. But this is like giving him a good a, a song that's, you know, fitting for his talent. Yeah. And I really like this. I don't know who's playing it, but there's really nice lap steel going on on this, which is fantastic. Probably um, Benji. I think Benji does a little bit of everything. That's why he's the main and pretty much master of all guitars. He's a he's an incredible guy. He played with As a Crow Flies once um, Marcus King was out of there. Right. Or some of the end of stuff. And he's just, I think he's just a well-respected guy and can do a lot of stuff. Um, going back to this song, though, Lonesome for a Living, my one note on here in all caps is country. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a country song with a country artist. It sounds like country. 
Blackberry Smoke always loves to do a country song, and this is their country song on the album. It's probably my least favorite track. Not that it's bad. It is not bad at all. I've listened to it. My wife likes this one because she's a classic country fan, but it was to probably be last on my list if I put these in order just because I am not a country guy. See, I almost think it's, and this is just me, it's like a hang-up I have. I think it does a disservice to call it country because it is, but it kind of lumps it in with the current country scene to me and it, it doesn't deserve to be there no no this is classic country like yeah um like travis tritt alan jackson randy travis like all that kind of mm. stuff from the 70s and 80s i would call it right not bad i like i'll listen to it but it's not my favorite just because i'm not that i'm not that guy <laughs> <laughs> all right ian we'll start with you on this next one um and it's a it's got a really good guest on this track, vocally and on guitar. It's All Rise Again. Yes, and I, I thought I might come in handy on this track because there's been a lot of chatter that uh, the riff on this sounds like Black Moon Creeping from the Black Crows Southern Harmony. And I'm here to tell you that I, I don't – I see it, but I don't see it. I, I think it's its its own riff, and it's a great riff. And um, a great chorus. Warren and I, I'm assuming Charlie – the the interplay the guitar interplay is is unbelievable i mean i assume brian this is what you were referring to at the beginning when you said there's yeah, one guitar, guitar player guitar that part, you can easily yeah, identify uh-huh. <laughs> so i mean warren you could always pick out his uh and there's a little breakdown section in this where it gets like a little quieter and it i love that i think this is probably a favorite track of mine off this i haven't actually picked a, a full-on favorite yet but this is up there i think it's great same for me this will be my top three brian what do you think uh, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about the Black Moon Creeping thing at all. I hadn't picked that up. I think the tone, the tone of the riff is uh, similar to the tone, the guitar tone on that song. I actually thought, like, you know, and here it comes right after Lonesome, Lonesome for Living, going completely in the other direction of the genre. Rock. Still Blackberry Smoke. I think it sounds like a Rage Against the Machine riff. Do you really? Yeah, Interesting. I could, see that. I could see that, yeah. Interesting. I got it. Like this sounds like the very and it's. I don't know if it's because Warren Haynes singing it, but government mule ish. It sounds like sure. really like a government mule song to me. So some of you guys said crows. You've got a little bit of rage, which I got to go back and listen to this now to pick that up because I'm probably going to hear that. And I got it. Got it does have a government mule vibe. And um, Blackberry Smoke did tour with Government Mule one summer. I actually saw them in Dayton, Ohio. And I'm going to break into a story. I think so. I might have told some of you guys this privately, but I'm going to say it publicly. I don't think I'm going to get in trouble with anybody. Um, anyways, there's, <laughs> there's a really good live music venue. It's like 3,500 seats in um, Huber Heights, Ohio, just north of Dayton, called the Rose Music Center. One of the dudes and one of my best friends in, who's in my band, um, his father-in-law knows the owner of that venue. So for my birthday, I think it was my 40. First birthday, he set it up that we could go listen to soundtrack of both Government Mule and Blackberry Smoke, get a tour, go backstage, and kind of see what's going on. So we got to be on the side of the stage when Warren Haynes and, and Government Mule was doing a sound check. We got to see Blackberry Smoke come in. I waved at Paul Jan- Jackson in the dressing room. He looked very bewildered and nicely waved back to me and smiled, thinking I was somebody. And then we were told don't get in Warren Haynes' sight line. So I'm like, oh, shit. Like, is this guy like one of those assholes you hear about? 
And we're talking to the, the, the manager. He's like, no, no, no. He's just in a grumpy mood. They got him late to do the full soundtrack. And then he wasn't able to get his biscuits and gravy from Bob Evans. So he's a little grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's a good reason to be grumpy. You miss out on biscuits and gravy. From Bob Evans. So Bob Evans is like a Midwest you know, chain, mostly breakfast or whatever country style stuff. And I, we still joke about Warren Haynes and... <laughs> biscuits and gravy to this, funny, to this point but it was uh it was cool so that is my story that ties in blackberry smoke and, and government mule and also derailing our conversation on the app the songs on the album <laughs> um does anybody else have anything i want to throw in on the all rise again track well, before we when move i on? mentioned uh rage against machine once again i think it's more like guitar tone yeah it- it's like it's a lower tone, so they turn down the tone knob to have it almost more dull, but like distorted, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I get that. Almost like "Sunshine of Your Love" by Cream, but maybe not that bad. It's because that's like a negative twenty tone on that one. <laughs> they break the knob and just keep going. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. As soon as we get off this podcast, I'm gonna listen to that song and pick up the the rage stuff. All right, Brian, back to you on this next song. Old enough to know. Uh, just like. Uh... Just like I've got this song from Find a Light, I mean, this song could easily make me cry. I mean, Charlie knows how to tap into your sad, you know, emotion part in your brain. I mean, he's just really good at that. And it's like, wow, heavy duty. Great song. Yep, for sure. Ian, what do you think? Yeah, I surprisingly to me this is the first tune that i noticed an acoustic element to you know this far mm-hmm. down in the track order um charlie is so underrated as an acoustic player it's unbelievable yep. there's some of the uh videos he would put up during the pandemic things or the streams where he just or even if he was going to send out a message and he's just sitting there with a guitar and he'd be noodling on an acoustic guitar just unbelievable stuff that he would play even in those ridiculous settings but i this is this guy's great acoustic i really like um, like um, the slide, how it layers over it. Um, the keys are very subtle, and there's a, there's a great lyric in this song. And again, I, it's surprising because I'm really not a lyric guy normally. But uh, the, it was "Don't ever trust a grown man with a nickname." I thought that was great, man. <laughs> it's such a great line. Yeah, no, I mean this is the one song, and I, I hinted at it earlier where I actually noted the lyrics on. I'm like, these are very mature lyrics very mature subject matter that we're talking about talking about people using intravenous drugs not trusting people with nicknames really telling a story a story about a person not necessarily a small town person but it is like charlie is really good about those type of songs those lyrics and i think this is some of their most mature lyrics to date that i've heard and ian you bring up a really good point about his acoustic playing he is a he's just a great guitar player but certainly does not get enough credit for his intricate work uh, with an acoustic guitar. You know, everybody knows One Horse Town and some of the other bigger kind of acoustic hits. And I think this is probably going get, to get up around the, those parts. May not, you know, achieve the heights of One Horse Town, but it's definitely in that stratosphere. And I, I definitely think Brian is, is correct in saying that it, Charlie does have the ability to tap into your emotions pretty freely and easily. He's a very... Uh, Sim- a lot of times simple lyrics but very moving uh, I, I, think I mean you could see the picture in your head when you're listening to the yeah. song like so many other great songs with good lyrics that I, good enough that i actually pay attention to them which is rare but this is <laughs> <laughs> all right ian to you we're going to go to morningside and a very 
very short note on this one, and it was a Southern Guitar Clinic. Because that's pretty <laughs> much what this is to me. Just putting on. Yeah. If anybody ever says, "Well, you know, how, what's a, the best example of how to play Southern rock guitar?" Just throw this on. I mean, that's that's what it sounds like to me. Um, you mentioned uh, Brian Seth from the Americans earlier. I, I saw that he had picked this as his uh, his front runner on the album, and I. I yeah. I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think it's a great one. It's just I have nothing bad to say about this song, Brian. Uh, yeah, I was uh, bring up Seth again in this and the next song because um, I it's, I I you know we know obviously why in the next track, but this one I think the riff kind of it it reminded me of Feathers, and then Seth was like breaking it down like specifically well. <laughs> It's just many notes difference, you know, but um, no, I love this song. This probably could be uh, one of my, like, might be my favorite song on the album right now, but that could change from day to day. Sure. And this is, go ahead, Ian. If you ever want something broken down, Seth is your man. You know what I mean? (laughs) He, not only is he a talented singer and musician, but he knows music, music theory and stuff. And and he's not afraid to talk about it. Nope. Um. You, I mean, I, I got pretty much the same stuff, you guys. It's definitely my top three, you know, aside from my top three in the album. It is very Southern Rocky. It has got definitely an element of Crows, but I would say more Rich Robinson solo, particularly that main guitar riff to me. That sounds like almost something that Rich would have done on a solo um, album, which is a high compliment. Ian, we know your favorite album of all time happens to be a Rich Robinson solo album. Is that correct? That is right. That is the ceaseless sight. In I the early days, well, hey, it, I, I, I think you're right. That's my favorite. Um, so, um, friends, but I, you know, I won a prize from you guys in the early days of State of America when you were. Question was, what is Ian's favorite album of all time? And I answered it. And you That's guys right. sent me some nice live music. That's <laughs> right. I forgot that was you. Then. <laughs> anyway, so we all agree on that. That's one of the higher standout tracks. It is a southern rock. I mean, it's southern rock as you could possibly get if you're going to define southern rock and just. This guitar, this album is very guitar oriented. I think this is a guitar rock album more than anything. I think the keys are very downplayed throughout most of the album at the same time too, because there's just so many good guitar players on it. It is just you know it's almost like a, a modern classic guitar album. I would I would agree. And and the the term Southern rock, by the way, is not neg- some people take that like with a negative connotation, but I don't at all. I think this is like a masterclass in. Yeah, you like Skinnerd, Almond Brothers, stuff in that genre. I mean, this sounds like a classic song in that genre for sure. Yeah. Well, moving on to the next one, Brian. I think this is you to kick us off with this one. It's all over the road. What Seth said. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, hold on. Let me go back to the chat, the chat, uh, (laughs) Facebook chat, and read that. (laughs) With all love and affection and sense of humor, I liked it the first time when it was called "Kicking My Heart Around." No, no, no. no I, it's a great tune. Uh, uh, rock and roll is a borrowed com- commodity. It is. Yeah, I that's love true. it. It's uh, that's their super fast. Uh, reminds me, it's kind of in the same kind of vibe as "I'll Keep Rambling" from the last record. It's like real fast singing and road song, and we're a fucking badass rock and roll band. <laughs> Ian, what do you got? I like on this one, um, it's always a skill to me uh, when you can blend an acoustic and electric guitar and have them sound harmonious as opposed to, usually a lot of times acoustic kind of falls into the mix uh, when you 
have loud electric guitars and i just think they do it just right on this song it's a, to me this is a driving song that's how i kind of yeah, the yeah. vibe it hit me with and uh just by the way the the guitar sound and the solo sound on this this screams to me for a mark ford sit-in oh wow. some concert mm-hmm. setting somewhere i think he'd be perfect on this one he could have absolutely guessed on an album and i agree with both you guys it, it does have parts of that main guitar riff of kicking my heart around and that open G with a little bit of that, that slide piece. There are some of the same notes. Um, it's close. And I, I love kicking my heart around. And again, I'm a by your side album fan. And again, I was on your podcast to discuss that album. Yes. I know I'm not going to apologize for anything that sounds like some of the standout tracks on that album. I love it. It's a driving song, shit kicker, gets your adrenaline going. And it leads us into the last song on the album and ian will give you the pleasure of closing this out with old scarecrow well thank you um this track re- reminds me of a real old blues tune like uh you know like a robert johnson era like that you know the original blues uh i i think it really builds nicely dynamically like it starts it's very quiet in the beginning and kind of builds up slide is unbelievable um it's a perfect closer to the album and um I, I would think that this something uh, if they I, I don't know if they're continuing to tour with North Mississippi All Stars on the bill, but if they ever did that again, this would be something that definitely Luther would fit in on nicely. So oh, for sure, yeah, with his slide playing his style. Yeah, Brian, what do you think? Uh, this could be also one of my favorites, along with uh, Morningside. I just like the way it, it starts a little mill and builds up. Uh, I just, you know, they, they really, after old enough to know, and they, they, they shift back way up to higher gear and kind of keep that rolling throughout the last part of the record. Yeah, I dig it. And uh, written with Ricky Metlock or Blackfoot wow. and Leonard Skinner. Yeah, right. Is that right? I didn't notice that. That's great. Yeah. Let me look at the liner notes in the album. Yep, Charlie Starr and Ricky Metlock right there. Very good. See, you guys know all the music stuff. Again, I'm just here for the laughs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Only thing I'm going to add to this song, because you guys pretty much said everything, is it's a surprisingly catchy, hooky chorus on that. Again, Blackberry Smoke can do that, but like that that chorus just stays with me in my head a little bit on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good closer because once the album ends, you're still kind of hearing that song in your head, and it's a good bookend to the live it down like i think they picked great standout tracks to start and finish the album with so you you remember what it's all about absolutely and you can you i always could tell the mark of a good album is when it finishes if you want to immediately restart it again and that's that's what i got from from this album i I think this is just fantastic yeah for sure um brian what are your final takes on the album before we talk about where we think it fits in in the catalog um well you know with with uh, well, lyrically on Old Scarecrow, he's certainly talking about, you know, people that just, they're, you know, they're they're not going to be, you know, there might be some people out there that want to change people's opinions. They want to say, hey, you got to believe like how I believe or whatever. And I just think it's uh, about just, you know, someone, hey, I believe what I believe, whatever it might be about my traditions, how I live or whatever. And that's how I am. And please don't try to change me. Um uh, my impressions on the record. Well, I wanted to mention too the first two tracks. Uh, David Lisby uh, was a guitar player in the Four Horsemen, um, which was a great band for a short time. You posted 90s. about on the Facebook page not too long ago. Yeah. Um, where did uh, my takes on it? I the sequence is great again. It's uh, I'm going to keep 
I know as I listen to this, I'm going to pick up more things each time that I didn't hear the first time. Uh, um, it's just great. Sequence great is strong record. It's got every kind of, uh, yeah, I think this is just like the ultimate statement of this is Southern music and all its styles coming together. These are all these different elements that make up this thing we call Southern rock. Um, they've got it all on here. Um, uh, like you were saying earlier, Ian mixed very well. And someone in the fan group had said that too. Like, I think this CD, this is the most vinyl sounding CD I've probably ever heard. Mm. It's very, you can hear everything. Like when we were talking about vinyl before, when I first got vinyl, one of the first things I got was, uh, you know, Tom Petty's Greatest Hits and Damn Torpedoes. And I've listened to those songs for, you know, decades. And I'm picking up things on vinyl that I've never heard before, uh, you know. And, and so because I could hear, you hear everything together but separate at the same time. That's what I hear on this record. I hear everything together but individually. Great mixing. Simultaneously. Great yeah. mixing. Yeah, very clean and very, yeah, it's just great. It's a, one of the best mixes I think I've ever heard. And I think Ian said it earlier, too. It's like when I was saying I initially had concerns before I heard the album that you have all these new elements added to it is well, how's it going to play, but they allow things to breathe and stop. And, and I think that's what you're talking about, Brian. It's like they give room to breathe and things to play on this. And then the engineering or the mixing is so good because it sets those levels and those things right for you to enjoy it. Again, I keep focusing. This is a modern guitar rock album, like where it's just, there's so much guitar, different guitars doing different things and complimenting each other. I just sit there and listen to these songs, like who's playing what, what are they doing? How are they doing it? Like, I love it, man. It is just, it's, it's a killer. And I'm going to keep listening to this one uh, for a long time. And if you told, you know, if somebody came to me and said, hey, Blackberry Smoke, where should I start? I'm probably going to give this album to people at this point. It's like, you start with this album. I think it's the most accessible, just generally. If you dig what you hear on this one, I'll give you the Whippoorwill. I'll give you, you know, these other albums to listen to. But it is just, I'm just amazed, you know. This is their seven, eight albums deep, at least in their career. And this is certainly one of the top albums um, that I've heard from them. Ian, what do you, what do you think? I mean, am I am I correct in saying because as I had mentioned, I'm a little less familiar with their earlier material. Um, it seems to me that with each record, they add, they blend their elements that much more and add more things in. Mm-hmm, but there, sure. whereas a lot of rock bands start out rock and they add elements of country, it almost seems to me like they did the reverse. It seems to me like their earlier records are much heavy. more country influenced. They were heavy, man. They were pretty yeah. heavy. Were they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, as I I pick up, up you know uh, a little bit later, I think uh, holding all the roses is where I first you know the yep start become very familiar. Because bad uh, luck I, ain't no crime is really heavy. Then like little piece of Dixie and Whipper World came along, and they started getting more country. Not many people I don't think ever listen to Bad Luck Ain't No Crime. Brian, have you heard that one? Yeah, I've got them all. And it's interesting mm-hmm. that you said that you would start someone else, start someone out on you heard Georgia. The first thing I got was find a light and I worked my way backwards. Yeah. And that, and, I'm, and I tend to do that when I first start listening to something that other people have been listening to a long time. Cause I know it's going to sound probably the most like what I'll understand now. And then it's peeling the layers back in a way where like, like you said, bad luck, ain't no crime is like a bar band badass. you know, it, it's like a, a biker record. bar band. It's album. a good record, you know, and then like Dixie's, starts bringing in some kind of country rock elements, 
whippoorwill and a lot of people might shoot me for saying this but i've told jason this like the whippoorwill is my third uh it's the third part of a trilogy for me each one released 20 years apart and ironically enough the first the first thing in the trilogy is the stones exile main street 20 years later released on the same day the black crow southern harmony musical companion not on the same day, but 20 years later, the uh, Blackberry smoked the Whippoorwill. And I think that's, and people say, you can't, you can't, Hager would, burn, he, well, he did, well, that burn me for saying that. And anyway, that's another story for another time. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just a, that, I think the Whippoorwill, I know we're not talking about that with this record, but that was, to me, uh, like the Southern Harmony that also is their most like exile like record for the crows. And I think that's the whippoorwill for, for Blackberry smoke. But yeah, just going back to what Jason said, like starting most recently and going back, you know, and then when I first heard the first couple songs on, on holding all the roses, I thought, wow, this sounds like really kind of like almost like pop rock. And then I couldn't mm-hmm. be more wrong about that when I listened to it later on. A little Toto-ish vibe, a little yacht rock going on. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I love Toto, by the way. Very talented guys. They're, listen, they're not going to come and get you or anything like that. <laughs> hey, man, Steve Lukather is a badass musician and guitar player. You know, yeah. he's the respect for those guys. Oh, yeah. And Rosanna's their best song is not Africa. I'm sorry. I'll, I will fight somebody over that. That song has so many different things going on in it. It's amazing. <laughs> that's a, that's the next classic wax podcast we can talk about toto how's that i don't know it's so early in the game uh, you know that's something you got to reserve you gotta you know. when you build your fan base so you don't turn them away <laughs> right away so they give you a little leeway You're like okay we'll listen to this one you know he's been all right i'll, I'll throw that to david he's been doing that digital kill for long enough he could probably stand to do it off, off that's one. right well what do you i mean um brian i'm gonna say to you where do you think this fits in with their catalog like of your favorites like I say, it's kind of it's tough for me to like put things in order. Um, I mean, I'll re- I think like most recently I thought about it before this came out. It was like the Whippoorwill, uh, mm-hmm. holding all the roses, Dixie, um, find a light, like an arrow, and then bad luck ain't no crime. Um, you know, I think I think it's I. It's so hard for me to say I like it better. I think it's better. I'd rank it above those three bad luck and find and uh, like an arrow and find a light. Um, I probably rank it above uh, Dixie. Not, you know, not so much always that it's better. It's better songs, but just the way it flows. I mean, it's to me, it's, it's, you know, it's right up there. This is like, you know, like I said, when I started listening to him, find a light had already come out. It wasn't as eventful. This is like my first, like, Oh my God, the new Blackberry Smoke has come out. I mean, this is the most eventful I have felt about a record probably since probably since War Paint, honestly. You know? Wow. And so uh yeah, I it's just I think it's the most well, they're all diverse. They all have different kind of things. I think it's I the know. most it, complete it, album. It's since up the there. I mean, the Whippoorwill is always gonna be my epic record for them. I mean, I I probably I say it hangs in there with with holding all the roses right after this is not for all the non-live stuff with the studio records this is number two for me right behind whippoorwill i think this is their most complete album besides the whippoorwill where there's other albums i've liked but there's been 
one or two or maybe three kind of throwaway songs on it. My opinion, this album doesn't really have that. And it's incredibly strong. Like I said, the guitar work is great. The Black Bettys absolutely contribute, make every song that they're on better. And it, you know, it's hard to beat the Whippoorwill, which is a a modern classic, my opinion. Um, And so I go this number two. I will say, though, that their live albums, if you guys haven't checked them out or people listening have not checked them out, uh, Leave a Scar Live in North Carolina, great double album. That's really what got me in the Blackberry Smoke. Um, they even break into some Zeppelin in that. Homecoming Live in Atlanta from two years ago is good. Amazon Prime Video always has it. Able to, if you're an Amazon subscriber, to watch that. And then that Live from Capricorn Sound Studio album that came out last year, right? The, t- the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's like six songs, but it is incredible. And they have all sorts of players on that and that's recorded extremely well and i highly recommend that on on that on vinyl it plays homage to classic recording artists from capricorn sound studios um and they were the first band that recorded in that studio after it reopened and it's just beautiful album ian final thoughts for you man we'll, we'll give it as a guest we'll give you uh, final thoughts on the whole thing i i just think the, uh, this really fits into their catalog well they did an amazing job with this uh you know obviously it's that kind of the first taste of music coming out of this pandemic what people have been writing and doing and they really it's a home run and i i I would recommend this record to anybody i would recommend blackberry smoke live from capricorn sound studios as i'm holding it up for only you guys to see (laughs) it is six songs awesome it's great on vinyl ian i know you're a vinyl guy so i highly recommend Yes. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, man. Um, why don't you go ahead and pimp out your your multiple projects for us? Oh, you know, there's just the uh, State of America podcast. Oh, just the State of America, the number one Black Rose podcast in the world. Well, I don't like to toot my own horn here, but uh, you that's know, that's why you have friends like me and Brian. <laughs> you can check that out on you know the usual platform, Spotify, and uh, you know uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm really horrible at pimping out my own stuff. Any good guests you can hint or tell us that are coming up, or is it all secret? Um, next episode out will be our guest is a gentleman by the name of Dave O'Grady. And if you guys aren't familiar with Dave O'Grady, he is actually, uh, the gentleman that toured with, uh, Rich for some time, opening up for him. He's, he, he records under the, the title Seafoam Green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Rich produces album, fantastic album. Um, you can be blown away by this guy's stories. Uh, he really has an affinity for, for Rich and the Crows and he tells some great, great stories. He's from Dublin, you know, so he's got that dry sense of humor you know what i mean for sure and you also have another podcast oh yes classic wax which has been on and off uh, it's been a uh we just i've turned it into just having some good old uh music discussions jason i know why you're pimping it because you're going to be on it soon so uh <laughs> the 90s rock episode yes but uh we'll be doing that soon and i appreciate anybody that checks that out but uh, and i thank you guys for inviting me on this has really been a, a tremendous pleasure thank you we appreciate really it. Thanks for being yourself. with us. Brian? What? <laughs> Take us home, buddy. Uh, <laughs> what? See, that's how prepared we are. This is your show. you got to open it and close it, man. I'm only here to help. I'm like the color commentator. All right, everybody, to the listeners, uh, we have Ian Rice with us this week and enjoyed uh, having him uh, do this review of the latest Blackberry Smoke record. Uh, you hear Georgia going track to track to track. Ian, of course, uh, is from the Black Rose podcast, State of America, the ones who influenced me to start doing this. And 
the ones who hooked me up with Jason. And so thank you so much, Ian, for being on. It means a lot to us to always to get to talk to you and have you on here. And we look forward to listening to everything, you know, you have on State of America and your other work. So thank you so much for being here. So listeners, that's Ian Rice from State of America joining us for this wonderful review of Blackberry Smoke, you Georgia. Thanks, Ian Rice from State of America for joining us in our discussion about reviewing Blackberry Smoke, you here, Georgia. Always a good time to have Ian on. A lot of good points, a lot of good takes on these songs, stuff that I wouldn't have necessarily thought about. You know, the one thing he talked about is uh, people have been saying uh, Morningside, the, or the opening riff, it's like Black Moon Creeping, which I, I, I didn't. Uh, I, didn't I don't that get that. Yeah. Well, Ian's great to bring in. Not only is he just a fantastic, you know, music knowledge guy, music fans, but he's a casual fan of Blackberry Smoke, late to the game on him. So he brings a little bit different perspective or brought a little bit different perspective right. than you and I have such big fans and longer term fans too. And I thought he said some really uh, pertinent things on the album too, particularly about um, the acoustic guitar work that Charlie Starr does, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. And some how is how good is some of the lyrics? How good some of the lyrics? I'm having trouble speaking tonight. Yeah, you know, um, and that's another thing. Like, like he brought, you know, I I wasn't thinking as much about the lyrics. I don't know why. Um, a little bit that I was. So I'm glad that he brought that to the table too. And and just and and I'm glad that we had someone that wasn't as deeply into him because that adds that adds to you know. Obviously, yeah. anyone that's been, you know, if you go on the fan group, everybody's like, this is yep. the greatest thing. You know, so it's good to get someone who isn't as deeply into it to kind of, it gives it that little bit of a different take. Somebody didn't fanboy out on it. And really for me, though, this is like a guitar album. It is, there are so many cool guitar parts on every song that I do. Just sit there and listen. It's like, I wonder who's playing these parts. Is it that's you know, how I Charlie. am too. I'm trying to figure out like who's in which speaker. I can I can kind of yeah. tell when Charlie's playing. I know uh, I think Benji does a lot of the slide stuff. He so does. Yeah, I'm correct. trying to I'm trying to pick that all this. Charlie way. has a distinct sound. I mean, Paul's got his thing going on, but uh, you know, I I just that's what I focus on. And I know we've had Lizzie on from Lizzie and the Makers and Jade on from Jade Like the Stone, and they're big on lyrics, and paying attention to lyrics, and that's never been my thing. But I think I just seem to be a little bit more. Uh, I don't know, cognizant of, of what's going on with lyrics. I, I am just not a lyrics guy. And I didn't even uh, bring up, you know, I'm a bass player, so I didn't even bring up Richard Turner's bass playing because he is a great, great bass player. Oh, heck player. yeah, man. I mean, and I often wonder, like, does he just does he come up with all those parts himself? Does Charlie suggest something? Underrated rhythm section, really, in yeah. that band. You know what I mean? And Britt's like a real basic drummer, too, I think. I mean, he, for... I don't even really know for sure if he plays just like Gorman, but I just have it in my head that there's. I think he's a heavy like player. He hits pretty hard. He's a big dude too, and I think yeah. he hits hard and is a good, good solid rock drummer. And I mean, that whole band is under. Everybody in the band is underrated for sure. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Charlie is one of the best frontmen out there in terms of his ability to sing and play. And the whole band is solid as hell. And they, they just, I don't, they just don't get a lot of credit other than the, the real music lovers. You know. It's just, they just don't get it. Yeah, and then going back to this, like, you know, comparison thing, and it's, sometimes that's the only way I know how to explain music to someone. I, I think I could take on a screen and have a split screen and have Tom Petty on one side and Charlie on the other side. In his manner, Charlie kind of has similar manner mannerisms, stage movement, kind of how, like, he uses 
hands like if he's not playing you know those like that um just yeah he's a charismatic dude all the way around and sure. i said uh i said the on the fan page a while back and it's at the beginning of the of uh why is the name of the song uh shaking hands with the holy ghost the video yeah. for that the charlie spin move you see it at the beginning of the i don't know i'm a big fanboy of the charlie spin movie <laughs> well I, I'm really happy with this album. I didn't know what to expect. I liked the first couple of tracks that came out, you know, and sometimes the, you hear the first couple of tracks on the album, they're good. The rest of the album's not, not as good. Strong start to finish. Mm-hmm. I thought this in my number two on all my really true um, studio albums for this band, and I'm, this is the one I'm going to keep listening to uh, repeatedly for a while. And yeah, yeah, you know, uh, a lot of younger bands are putting out good records and stuff. And, and and we, you know, we give our props to you know Georgia Thunderbolts, Tennessee Champagne, list goes on and on. And you know, this record from Blackberry Smoke, it sounds like you know a, a record that was put out, you know, when when people were still selling millions of copies. You know, it sounds yeah. from that kind of time. It's just. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure that that influences everybody and really raises the bar and, and all the younger bands look up to these guys so much on their, you know, how they, you know, well, they're no generous MTV, with their time, right? No they FM, take them under their wing, give them shows, yeah. give them, give them um, experience. No FM radio support and just how they built this career brick by brick and they're a fans band. And dude, with no radio support to go in and fill a 3,500, um, you know, seat stadium or, a you know, show venue, like I t- was talking about in early in the podcast, I mean that says a lot right there. You have you've built that from scratch and through torn and uh, music that really resonates with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think it's a crime that these songs have never been on the radio. I mean, I know they've been on XM and they've done some stuff on CTM and or CMT, whatever. I don't care about that station. So the, the country music video station, whatever it is, CMT. Yep. I think. Yeah, um, CMT. Yeah. And uh, so, but I had read an interview with both. I think. Rich and Brit and Richard, I think. Well, Brit for sure, maybe Charlie, but Brit and Richard. Oh, so like our fans don't care about FM yeah. radio. It's like whatever, which is very cool. So, but uh, yeah, no, we this is just a great. This is our first our first record review. Episode. But we had to do it because this is our band. Oh, yeah, yeah. This this is the flagship. This is our number one, and just just fresh on the heels of it being released. You know, we're doing this on. On, a, on the Wednesday, June 2nd, you know, so it's not even a week old. So, yeah, we, we just... But it'll be exactly one week old when this is released. Oh, for sure. You know it. So, yeah, no, we've just really enjoyed this, and I have no doubt that you guys have enjoyed it, too. So, until uh, whoever comes along next on our next episode, which we're so professional, we don't even know. So, having said that, I say this. Always remember, Southern Rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.